Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Uh, looking to shake things up at a very interesting time in Alberta politics, of course, is the PC party and the Wild Rose Party vote on whether to merge and what the future of conservatism in Alberta looks like. Derek Fildebrand was the Wild Rose MLA for Strathmore Brooks. Where's it Brooks Strathmore? Strathmore Brooks, right? Well, let's get your mic on here. Sorry about that. There we go. Which one is it there? Too? Okay, perfect. There we go. Uh, but uh, Derek has launched uh, United Liberty. You can read more at DerekFildeBrandt.ca. Uh, to raise, I think, you know, some, some important issues. Now, today you, you've rolled out uh, some new policies about rolling back the nanny state. So we'll get to that. But let's take a step back. Tell us more about United Liberty and what you're trying to do here. Well, United Liberty is a group we uh, we launched last week that's going to be focused on, uh, in the short term, getting a yes to unity from uh, both Wild Rose and PC members to successfully help create uh, the United uh, Conservative Party here in Alberta. That's, that's our first task. Uh, at the same time as we're doing that, though, we want to really begin the discussion about what that new party should look like. Um, you know, I, I passionately believe we need to combine these parties into a new one, but uh, the discussion, I don't want to be focused just around uh, getting rid of the NDP. And, and as important as getting rid of the NDP is, we have to think about what do we want that new party to look like? We want, what do we want its values to look like, its principles, its policies? And so uh, we're going to be challenging the established orthodoxies of both of the existing parties, which I think over the last few years have both become kind of stale, boring, and vanilla. Yeah. Well... You know, we, we've talked before about this, and, and you were heavily involved in the campaign of Maxime Bernier. You supported him uh, for conservative leader federally. And, you know, there, there's some, some, some overlaps here that some of the issues he raised are, are issues that you care about and, and feel need to be injected into Alberta politics, too. Yeah, you know, I don't think, I wouldn't describe Maxime Bernier as a pure libertarian, uh, but he certainly wasn't uh, your grandfather's conservative. Uh, you know, I, I, I supported him uh, because I, for something I call liberty conservatism, the tries to fuse the two of them together. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, respect for our, some of our traditional institutions around, you know, our, our Canadian forces and and, uh, and and national symbols, but really try to make conservatives more consistent in our, our outlook on what limited government means. A lot of conservatives stand for limited government in your wallet, but not necessarily in your own personal private lives, uh, uh, particularly in the social spheres. And, and also uh, inconsistencies, even how we apply limited government in the, in the economy. And, and those are principles I really believed in. Uh, those are principles that resonated in, in Alberta here very strongly. And, and we want to see that reflected in the new party. And the new party has to be a broad coalition of different kinds of conservatives. I mean, uh, people are going to have their own opinions on these things. But, you know, what we've put together as a group here that uh, we're roughly 50-50 PCs in Wild Rose. Right. Uh, nearly everyone's under 35, and, uh, and it's half men, half women. It's a pretty broad cross-section of people. Well, it, it's, these are principles that I think can be unifying for conservatives. If, if the objective is let's, let's rally around the cause of government leaving people alone, getting out of people's lives, that... 
uh, gun owners can support that. Marijuana smokers can support that. Gay couples can support that. Religious conservatives can support that. Uh, the people just want to be left alone. Yeah, you know, I, I really want us to break beyond the old conservative dichotomy of red Tories and blue conservatives. You know, that you, know, you have red Tories who, you know, the blues call liberal light and then the blues who the reds call uh, dinosaurs. And I, I want to get way beyond that. I want us to have uh, a shared vision of, of what a limited government philosophy means. You know, so we, when we, we our, our organization here, we've got, uh, we've got gay people working side by side with social conservatives because while they might not necessarily agree with how each other live their personal lives, it's completely immaterial to politics. It doesn't matter to government as long as you can both agree to leave each other alone. Well, let's talk about the, some of the policies you've uh, laid out today, and I like the sounds of this. We don't hear enough talk about the nanny state in politics. Uh, we see a lot of policies that build it up, but not a lot of talk about how to to roll it back. So uh, let's let's talk about what, what that might involve. Yeah, so today we, uh, we began rolling out uh, United Liberties uh, initial policy releases. And uh, it's, this is sort of a suite of policies around rolling back uh, the nanny state. The nanny state being... Uh, the concept that government is there to protect you from yourself. And government is here to protect children. It's right. here to protect the vulnerable, and it's here to protect adults from other adults. But I think that it's not the legitimate role of the government to protect grown, self-sufficient adults from themselves. And so that's a whole swath of policy that has creeped into government from both the left and the right over time. And, and we want to roll that back. Um, we're proposing a task force that would uh, come up with identify these policies right across the government, report back, and then we would see you know, what are the ones we can reasonably expect uh, to repeal or amend in the future. Uh, like laws around alcohol. I mean, in, in some ways, Alberta, I think, is, is ahead of other provinces, but we, we do still seem to have a lot of unnecessary condescending rules uh, around alcohol. So is that one of the places maybe we take a look at? Yeah, we, we identify that very specifically here. Um, Alberta, at least you could, you don't, the LCBO, the liquor store monopoly in Ontario is about to go on strike as you come up to Canada <laughs> no. today. It's, I mean, it's just completely holding uh, poor beer drinkers hostage. So we at least don't have government beer stores here, right. uh, but we have a lot of really, uh, I think overly rigid rules around, uh, the consumption of alcohol here. And, and we're not saying that people should do certain things. We're saying the government should not be in the business of stopping you. Um, right now, it's illegal to drink a glass of wine if you have a picnic in the park. That's illegal. You could get charged for that. And I, and I think that, that, that's, that's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you, uh, during the Lilac Festival here or during Folk Fest, I, I like to go to both of them. You can't walk around with a beer. Right. And, and it's, it seems like a pretty reasonable thing. So anybody who goes to, to Folk Fest knows that there's a pretty significant portion of people who just have to smuggle hard liquor in or drugs. And I, I just think that it's, uh, that's a, it's a nasty byproduct of the government trying to protect people from themselves. It's going to be interesting because, you know, 25 years ago, had the NDP been in power, maybe we still would have government liquor stores. Uh, they're the ones at the moment who get to be in charge of how we sell marijuana, how mm -hmm. that's regulated, how that's retailed. So, you know, I think there's going to be a, maybe a pro-government bent, a pro-union bent from, from the NDP, but maybe to some conservatives, they're leery about marijuana too. The, the conservatives still aren't sure that this is a path to go down, and maybe they're going to want it to be strictly controlled for that reason. Do we need a, a pro-liberty voice when it comes to this? Yeah, I, I think you, you hit it there. I mean, so if, you know, Ralph Klein privatized the liquor stores and beer stores uh, in the early 90s, Probably fair to say the NDP would not have done that. Um, we're now moving towards legalization of marijuana, but it's fair to say the conservatives federally wouldn't have done that. And as I've said, I, I want us to take a more consistently limited government approach, liberty-focused approach to to these policies. Uh, I don't want to see the last thing I want to see is a government weed store. 
Uh, instead of private, <laughs> uh, private, instead of legalize it, it's to be privatize it. Uh, but at the same time, we have to recognize we don't want to increase the availability of drugs to kids. We want to. The goal should be to stamp out the black market, not to simply um, have a have a parallel market. So you know, finding the right balance is going to be important on these issues. But I think conservatives, especially federally here, have to get get with the program. I think if if, if conservatives are ever to break out of the low twenty percent with millennials. Uh, they're going to have to drop the idea that you should get charged for smoking pot in the privacy of your own home. Yeah. You know, it's funny because someone texted me the other day uh, about some of the, the NDP mixed messages on this, that obviously it's not the NDP decision to, to legalize, but the notion that we can make something legally available to adults and still work to keep it out of the hands of kids. And the point was, well, then why do we make flavored tobacco illegal? The same argument should apply that adults can consume that. We can we can keep it out of the hands of kids. Is that do we need to revisit that? Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's another one of the issues we target here. So, uh, you know, some tobacco companies have have over time created products that were intentionally targeted towards kids, like candy cane, or candy cane, or bubblegum flavored tobacco. Right. That's intended to get kids smoking, and I think it's it is a legitimate role of government to protect children from others. And so, uh, banning that flavored tobacco, I think, is a reasonable step. But uh, what we've seen in Alberta here is a flavored tobacco, blanket flavored tobacco ban. So on menthol or, or clove flavored cigarettes. And I'm not encouraging anybody. Don't, don't encourage <laughs> my, my support of free choice doesn't mean I think you should necessarily make these choices, but that I think it should be your choice to make, not the government's. And so I, what I want to do on the flavored tobacco side is um, refocus the flavored tobacco ban to focus only on products that are actually targeting kids. Unless the government's really willing to just ban tobacco as marijuana is is currently banned, uh, I don't see why the government should be in the business of picking and choosing what tobacco is appropriate for adults and which are not. Yeah. Uh, one other issue you've raised, too, and I want to touch on it, uh, when it comes to a- ATV use, uh, we're, we're seeing a lot of, of new rules and regulations targeting ATV use. Um, but are we getting into the realm of you know people being protected from themselves? Is the government going too far uh, along these lines, do you think? Well, I, I, like the others, I have to preface this. When I, when I ride an ATV, I almost always wear a helmet. It's a smart thing to do, especially yeah. if you're operating at any kind of significant speed. Uh, but, you know, a few months ago, the government brought in a, a mandatory ATV helmet uh, law. Um, I, I'd rather us focus on educating people that you should wear a helmet. Most of the people who get injured tend to be younger guys doing what younger guys do when they get their hands right. on fast vehicles. Um but you know, but it's a blanket law that hurts people unintentionally. Like hunters, if you're if you're hunting on an ATV, you have to dismount an ATV before you can shoot. But taking your helmet off, you you, you can't aim with a, with a proper uh, ATV helmet if you're hunting, uh, or if you're moving at slow speeds and it's not really an issue. And so, while I would strongly encourage people to wear helmets on ATVs most of the time, I don't necessarily think it's it's the best thing for the government to be mandating that we do. Okay, so where do you go now with, with these issues? As you say, there's, there's kind of dual purposes here. You're trying to advance some of these causes. At the same time, you're trying to promote uh, the idea of, of unity. So where, where do you go from here? What's the next step? Well, you know, at, at the top of, of our policy documents, as we release them, before you get to a policy, there's a principle. And that's what conservatives in Alberta, both Wild Rose and PC, have stopped doing. We've, ex- we've stopped explaining why we want to do something. What's the principle behind this other than that we think it'll get votes? Mm-hmm. This isn't to get votes. This is, this is to push something that we believe strongly in. And so we're trying to set the table of what this new party should look like in terms of its governing philosophy, in terms of uh, the principles it should hold. Um, we're going to try and push, push the envelope and shake things up a bit. Um, so over the coming month and a half, you know, if, if we can see uh, if another... What are the existing uh, declared candidates for the leadership of the party? Um, you know, can adopt these and strong enough, and, and it's and it's believable and credible. Then, uh, then we're 
willing to consider supporting uh, another candidate. But if not, if there isn't a voice for liberty conservatives here, if if that voice is not really being heard and we're not uh, confident those principles will be a major part of a new conservative coalition, then uh, then I'll I'll be prepared myself to be able to step forward. Well, I mean, it's important to have those principles because... Sure, you can look at the math and say, yeah, if this party joins with that party, they'll probably have more support than, than this other party over here. But it's got to be more than just a numbers game, right? Yeah. And, you know, I, I kind of fear right now that a lot of people are within both parties are taking the approach that policy will be, well, let's just take a, a plus one and negative one, and that'll just equal out to net zero. I'm not interested in that. I think both parties need to go back to the drawing board about what our policies are, what are our assumptions and our orthodoxies. There are some good policies in both parties, but I think we've, they've both become overly cautious. They've, they've lost their mojo, and, and we want to get that back. And, you know, if, if we've got to be willing to push the envelope here, get people excited about conservatism again. And I, and I think that's especially important if we're going to win younger voters over. Younger voters aren't necessarily interested. Uh, too many conservatives are willing to accept big government, but they're just going to manage it better. They're going to make the dollars and cents add up of the status quo. We've got to go way beyond that and present a vision of our own that can go toe-to-toe with what uh, our friends on the left are proposing. Yeah. Well, I think there's some important issues here that need that attention. Uh, so glad you're doing so. More at uh, DerekFildebrandt.ca uh, and a lot more still to come, I'm sure, but appreciate you joining us here today. Thanks a lot for having me. All right, there you go. That's uh, Wild Rose MLA, Derek Fildebrand, uh United Liberty More, DerekFildebrand.ca. Our number here, 403-974-TALK. We are back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.